This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 390, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Up in Harlem at a table for two. There were four of us, me, your big Pete, and you. From your ankle up, I'll say you sure are sweet. From that down, there's just too much feet. Yes, your feet's too big. Don't want you because your feet's too big. Can't use you because your feet's too big.
Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 390. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Mr. Connor Kirkpatrick. Hello. And from an automobile, Mr. Joshua Flanagan. Hey, you doing? At iFanboy.com, we like comics and we read comics. And every week we read a bunch of comics and then one of us picks the best book and writes about it on the website. And we talk about it on this year podcast along with various other topics of interest. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder slash warning. This is a review show and we will be talking about the things that happened in this week's books so if you're worried about spoilers, forget about it. That's about right. <laughs> this week, Josh had the pick. I'm not going to keep doing that. Tell us about it from the car. Uh, it makes an excellent recording studio. That's what I can tell you. My pick of the week was Thor, God of Thunder, number nine. I'm going to start pausing around that. So it sounds like a really good sort of soundbite thing. Uh, I read this early, and I historically have a read my favorite books later thing. Mm -hmm. But this was a mad dash to get things done. And I thought, well, let's get in a good mood now and we'll read Thor at the beginning. You know, sort of, sort of, sort of cleanse the palate for everything. And, uh, and as soon as I finished it, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to be writing about Thor again. And it wasn't even like a, well, there's a couple of things. When there's a book that comes up that we end up praising a lot, it can get tiresome to have to write a review about it again, but I never actually had that thought. And then you, also of, haven't, you also haven't picked Thor yet. No, I haven't, but I feel like we've talked about it, and, but I also didn't feel like I didn't have something else to say about it was, was sort of the, the second point of that. And it was that, and the thing is, this issue, there wasn't like a thing in it that I can point to and be like, this, is, this was the part of it that made the issue great. It was the continued momentum and the continued sort of full package deal and that just sort of self-realization that, that they're still moving forward with this book that all parts of are just excellent. And not, not a, isn't that thing that they did really cool? It's just a comprehensive, overall, uh, uh, holistic comic book excellence. Um, and and I, I, I just really, all of the parts are gelling together. And it's, it's so much fun to watch the three Thors together. Uh, and, 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 you know, like it just looked really good. And, and at the end, I just, I was like, I just enjoyed every single page and every single panel of that book, uh, for, you know, for all of its parts. And, and it's, I, you know, we did a thing a while ago. We, we, somebody had asked us like what our favorite, if we could only have one book. And I don't know why I didn't say Thor, maybe because Paul did, but I think it's Thor. I think, I think outside of saga, this is probably my, my favorite thing I'm reading right now. It's the thing that I, I really I cannot wait to read it. I get I get genuinely excited for it. And, you know, we read a lot of comic books, so sometimes it can be hard to 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 gin up that excitement for things, you know, and, and I you know appreciate them for things other than just like, oh, the craft or the whatever. But like I really enjoy reading this. I want to know what's going to happen next. And, and like I, I don't want it to end. And, and those are all great things, uh, you know, and we've said a lot of this before, but it's just it's just such a well done book. Uh, it's right. it continues to surprise me in, in that consistency. I think well, this is the issue where I'm sorry, where just to give people a context, this is the issue where we've been sort of heading in the Thors from the different ages. The old King Thor, Avengers Thor, and young Viking Thor have teamed up, and they are going to f face Gore, the God Butcher, and his and his God Bomb. And you and uh, you do think it's going to go one way? You're like, well, this will be the epic final battle, and we'll go. Oh no, they lost. Right. You know, they lost for now. It's a comic book. We know we, we know those things. But I thought that was fun. I was like, all right, we're going to keep going. This isn't quite the end. Sweet. Um, I, wanted, I, I don't want it to stop. No, I don't either. I, I looked and, and 
I mean, this is the ninth issue, and there's still there's still more story to go. I, I'm not tired of it. I'm like, oh, this has been going on too long. Which at nine issues, a lot of times is going to be the thing you say. Yes. Um, but it's not the case. They should change the name of the book to Thor Team Up. I'd be happy. Just keep the Thors together. Keep the Thors yeah. together. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. Um, and I like that they're three distinct Thors. You know, and visually and personality visually wise. and, and yeah. personality wise, and and like even Gore looks at them as three different ones. He has his favorites, and um, I and I kind of like that. It's not just like you know the oldest one has the most experience and is the wisest because he's gone through everything that the other two have. There's a there's a sense that. The middle Thor might be the wisest because he's he's not young and brash, but then he also isn't so jaded by time. Old Thor is embittered. Yeah, old Thor has gone through ages and ages since he was, uh, you know, middle period Thor or avenging Thor. And so he's forgotten some truths and um, has become something different and um, still a great warrior. But, you know, you know, the key to all of this is going to be Thor the mighty adventure, the guy in the middle. Well, he's he's sort of at you know the the peak of existence, right? Yeah. I mean, he's 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 the wisdom of uh, he's you know the youth does youth is youth and young and strong, but he doesn't have the wisdom of being a little older. And old Thor is bitter, and you know this is sort of the prime of his life is avenging Thor's or Avenger Thor or Middle Thor or Thor, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, but. I think one of the things that I really one of the things that really made me happy about this issue was was the bit where uh, Middle Thor, Mid Thor, Midgard, Mid no, uh, is fighting Gore and 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 Gore just I never I just realized now that Gore rhymes with Thor. <laughs> so <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and he go and he just figures it out. He's like, I know you, I figured you all out, and he gives this psychological uh, sort of uh, uh, examination, and it's right. Mm-hmm. Like it's completely right, and 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 I'd said in my review, and if you don't read my review, that's dumb. But I said <laughs> that in it, you know, the the you don't necessarily get the sense that that Gore is wrong is wrong, and you don't get the sense that he's necessarily even a bad guy because he's well not, in his in his philosophy, is not necessarily in his actions. Yeah, no, it's true. He, but he does not, crucify people to be I know, fair but and enslave them. You don't get them. the sense that he is lustful for power or savage or anything he's trying to i I really like i i appreciate the the sort of scenes of him where he's being sort of calm and and well it's just a thing i have to do you know it's it's that's that's his thing and and obviously he's a guy yeah well but they're gods and to him still murder i well okay a it's fictional i know we're talking about his actions whether or not i know but he thinks but he thinks that these people he thinks that these beings are are as bad as anything else out there. He thinks he's he's he thinks he's the punisher. He sees himself basically. as the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and it's he's an aggressive agnostic. Yeah. Exactly. Um. He's clearly not an atheist. Right. But he, right, he yeah. won't make that commitment. Maybe if he just did, it would all go away. Um. But I I like that there's there's a couple sides to it because you really you don't get the sense though that the gods are all oh well the gods are good ones you know and Death Thor definitely isn't. Um. I just I just like that nuance. You know I'm, I'm not. I want Thors to win. Right. <laughs> uh, I also like how, you know, how lofty it is and how good Aaron is at this language and really good. is able to do this narrative voice and it doesn't feel hokey and he and he's able to bring in things like space sharks. Yep. When when young Thor came riding in on that on that young uh, on that on that space shark. Um like neon green shark. Um it's just like it was just such a I mean even though I saw it last issue, it was still a great surprise. It was like this, you know, like uh, 
it happened all you know it was a it was a great surprise all over again and there's just such amazing imagination happening out there in 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 the astral wake and and um with all these gods and i'm just i'm i'm floored by it i i've read a bunch of different you know thor stories and i've read a bunch of different conan stories but this seems like yes. the best cocktail of of all of that he I was, has I was the tone down. He has t- that tone. The tone Perfect. of those narration boxes, especially as it started to uh, escalate near the end of the issues, and he kept repeating the word Thor in each box. And Thor looked upon his work. Thor the Father, like like yeah, yeah. over yes. and over. And it was this building crescendo of of narration, which I hear, by the way, in the voice of the narrator of the first Conan movie. Uh, <laughs> sure. And but it's pitch perfect. Yeah. It's so good. And I went on and like later I read Wolverine and the X-Men and I was like, I cannot believe that this is the same guy. Yeah. It's it, like, it's it, like it when all... he was writing Scalped and Wolverine. He, yeah. he really has his, his range is really quite remarkable. Um, uh, and they yeah. weren't even talking about how amazing the book looks. It's so good. I took, I took a paragraph graph out to, to, to note the letters. Yeah. You know, the letters are, are these, I'm pretty sure they're not drawn onto the board, but they're these digital sound effects that that look better than a lot of digital. Like they they look like they're part of the artwork rather than a thing laid on top of it. Yeah, uh, and they, they they just fit like between the coloring and sort of the production of it. Um, because if there's if there's ever been a book that needed great sound effects, a good crack of doom, crack of doom or crack of doom, those are my favorites, by the way. Uh, this yeah. is the one, and you, you know they're they're just all over it, and it, it works great. It, it it it's one of the best books. Whenever anybody asks me, this is always one of the first things I say. What should I be reading? Are you reading Thor? You need yeah. to be reading Thor. Everyone, everyone I talk yeah. to who asks me, it's been it, such a long time since you could say that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, Thor used to be one of my favorite titles, and it just hasn't done that for me in such a long time. Thor: The Mighty Avenger was a, a different story. That was like a that was like a side dish of a thing that like it's like oh, this is this is a nice little aside. But sure, that's fair. This is a Thor book. Uh, and it's really I mean, they're both good. Thor books. They're just different aspects of Thor. Yeah, but, I know. Well, and the other thing, this is, this is, this is, this is, is also... Thor the, this is not the romantic side of Thor. This is this is Thor with a giant hammer beating back, you know, aliens and. Well, it's, it's the other God. version. It's the other definition of romance. Um, well, and depends on what you're into. Yeah, no, but I mean, <laughs> but it's um, and it's your king. But the other thing, though, I mean, it does sort of feel like its own sort of side thing because it's it's not you know Marvel Universe proper. Although Iron Man popped up. But you you know for the most part it is Marvel it's, it's off it's doing off something. In space. Yeah yeah yeah. But I mean like we don't you know it's it's unfettered by all of that stuff and um it's 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 very you could just pick this up if you haven't read Thor in years and years you don't need to. Really or have the movie you just you just need to. That's true. Even if you if you just know what the character Thor is yeah it's perfect. Just pick the for the first trade came out relatively recently I think in the last couple of weeks yeah the first hardcover. Uh, you cannot go wrong with this book if you if or you like Thor. Them, you know, if you have an if you have an iPad or whatever, just get them digitally and read yeah. through. Because this is about as good as they're doing right now. It's one of the best books, and I like that the badass moments don't feel lame. Like they actually legitimately feel like I'm I'm not rolling my eyes when you know Gore says you should have brought more Thors because it's awesome. Because it's yeah. awesome, and we usually I don't know we don't like that kind of thing. The, but the it the totally book is works. so good that it makes the three of us just go. It's awesome. I don't know what else you want me to say. Yeah, and we're really. good at not doing that. That would have been my review. I'm the only one left. So Ron did the first issue pick of the week. Paul had Paul's was last issue. Yeah. Uh, Josh's was this one. I'm the only one left that hasn't done pick Thor's pick of the week. It's come very close. You're coming. Times, so. You're coming. It's it's, it's and that's happen. gonna be my whole review. It was awesome. It's what yeah. We we turned to say? Chris Farley talking to Paul McCartney. That's what that's what happens when we talk about this book. 
So, so week, yeah, we had a Superman movie hit the stand. So, so DC put out a Superman comic, Superman Unchained, from Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, and art team. Uh, also, Dustin Gwynn did the little two-page backup. Yeah. And uh, this is... <laughs> this, this wow. Is, wow. It's frustrating because I really dug the story. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. I, I've been saying this for years. Way back to when he did the Brian Azzarello story, I don't, I don't think Jim Lee is the right artist for Superman. Although I didn't just totally dislike him on Justice League because that was more of a team book. Uh, but I just don't think he's the right look for Superman. No, the right look for Superman. He's, I don't think he's the right artist for Scott Snyder either. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. I think that Scott just... Snyder's style is doesn't fit Jim Lee's art. The other thing was this goddamn stupid poster in the middle. This is the most um, awkward thing ever. Like you have to well, peel is, it out. I was I, I I you guys read this before I did. Okay. That was the last one to it, and you guys told me this was it was going to be an awkward reading experience, and I was not prepared for how awkward it was going to. Even with knowing that, um, first it's of not, all, what is the point of it's not even a poster. It's it's scenes from a book. So one side is a ship exploding, and the other side is Superman inside the ship. And it's not like it's a dynamic image of Superman you want on your wall. It's also full of. So you're going to take it out and then miss, are you going to be missing two pages of this comic now? It's got the the folds in it. Nobody hangs that stuff up and, you know. It's weird to read on an iPad. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) This was, and I I don't know if I was expecting it just to be like a fold out thing. It's going to be like an insert poster. Like here's your extra dollar. But you actually have to peel it out and it's got the, like the glue, like is on like a juice box and like that's still sitting on my desk in a clump and like. You know, and then you got to figure out which side to read first. And so, but anyways, so Jim Lee's not really our thing. Um, and I don't think this is among Jim Lee's best work, but I think the story is cool. I think the idea, I think, the, I think the psychology is right for all of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you it know, felt like Superman. It, it felt, felt like, like Superman, which I read in a while. exactly. I mean, you know, it, uh, Adventures of Superman is, is, you know, again, like, Thor the Mighty Avenger it's like it's this whole other side thing and that's that's great and that's kind of what I really want out of Superman but in terms of just you know straight up action blockbuster Superman I thought this was written very well I think from a from a a couple of things from a voice standpoint it sounds it's 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 right on I was actually really impressed that Snyder um Snyder this doesn't feel like his other work it doesn't feel as dark and scary or or sort of gothic horror kind of thing going on, which we've talked to him before, and I and I asked him, I was like, so is this the only kind of thing you want at the time? He said, yeah, no, this is what I do. So this is him doing a different kind of story, which is yeah. really interesting to me to see how that's going to develop and where it's going to go. I thought his Luther voice, which was you know pretty small, was was pretty pitch perfect. I liked his Luther. I like that scene a lot where he basically yeah. yep. designed something in the in by tearing up a book pages while he was in the prison van. Yeah, and I I got a little lost around the middle. Uh, where she, he's talking to Lois, because I don't I don't know what the current status. quo That's the thing. It's is. like I I feel bad because like if he's only gonna you know if if he only ever tells one Superman story and that's the way he's kind of framed this. If I ever if I only ever tell one Superman story, it's gonna be this one. But he has to do it during the New Fifty Two when it's this weird status quo where they're bloggers and Jimmy and I think Jimmy and Lois don't work together. And no, they, I think they do. But Clark, I think it looks like or, Clark and Jimmy live together. Jimmy works the planet, but it's awkward but between them. It's awkward because yeah. Clark quit, and now he's a blogger. That, yeah, right. I and I also I kind of can't. I, I I was like, is this story not been done? That there's another one, or was it like did I read it in Elseworlds or something? I'm sure similar things have happened. And, yeah. Oh yeah, and there's definitely you know like um, there's been even with Fla- you know Flashpoint. That's that's like a 
you know, the government has Superman. Yeah, maybe that's what it felt like. And then, like, JSA Liberty Files, like, Superman is, like, their secret weapon. He's their, you know, WMD. And, uh, you know, I, I, so I, I like the idea. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. The The final page is the most 90s thing I've ever seen in a, in a New 52 comic <laughs> since, since Hawk and Dove, number one, where I stopped reading Hawk and Dove. Really, um, the shot of the binoculars that we're looking, we're seeing the the flashback. <laughs> the, the the last page that Jim Lee drew, where yes. it looks like a combination of Blue Superman and like Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah. Um, the it's, art's a real problem. It, it really is. I'm I'm going to read it because I I really am hungry for a Superman story. Uh, I like Scott Snyder's work a lot, obviously, but you know, also the question of it's going to, and you know, people are going to say it's unfair to bring up, but it's, it's so it's fair is how long is this going to stay on schedule? Right. You know, <laughs> and I mean, and I'm, and you know, as long as it's coming out, I'm going to be reading it because I like the story and yeah. I like, I like hearing that voice again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say anything about the title. Okay. <laughs> it's stupid. It's dumb. It's marketing. <laughs> Originally it was called Man of Steel and then Warner Brothers made him change it. So to, I can't. to a thing that sounds like a movie that is already coming on. Yeah, well, I can't. What are you going to do? Um, also, this week, Batman 21 kicked off zero year. Scott Snyder's year-long tale of the early days of Batman. It's a flashback story. And uh, I really, really liked this a lot. And one of the best things about it was the cold open that was mostly silent. Yes. Because because a lot of people complain about Snyder's wordiness. So he kind of just flipped it on his head and said, all right, well, here's gonna, here's a scene where you've got nothing, basically. And yeah, and you know, the cold first cold. page we got, like, you know, this fish going through, you know, a, like a subway state. And like, what the hell is going Where are we? What's going on? And I loved that. I loved how jarring it was. And then even when we get up to the surface, what's going on here? And why, you know, why is Batman dressed like that? And, and who are they talking about? And so I, I love that, you know, flash forward. And I'm really excited to get to that point in the story. Yeah, so it starts off where Bat Bruce is Batman six years ago, but clearly something has happened. The subways are flooded. There's, there's you know wildlife throughout Gotham City, and then Batman dressed like up, Van Zandt from Reign of Fire, and he shows up in a steam-powered bike dressed up like Van Zandt from Reign of Fire. And you, you first, so then you're like, holy shit! And then it goes back five months earlier, where he's not even Batman yet. He's still Bruce Wayne running around trying to fight crime as himself, like like we've seen before in Year One, and. uh I just love. I love that there's so many different balls in the air. You know, he's got. He's yeah. telling a 12 issue story, so he's laying a lot of groundwork here because there's a lot of things going on. So we have Bruce and Alfred's dynamic, where Bruce, you know, is not yet. He's not yet grasped his destiny. And then we have the uh, ne'er do well uncle, who was his mother's uh, brother, which I thought was brilliant because the you know the idea was always there weren't a lot of Waynes, but maybe he's got other relatives. It was, sure. Was his was his mother also a product of a one child family? Like. So there's a Benerdewell uncle who's who's nefarious because he's teamed up with the Riddler. And yeah, like I being... it's I think it's really important that he showed his showed his hand that he's up to sort of up to no good. Like he, it's clear that since he's involved with the Riddler, this guy is probably out of his depth. Like he's not like a total mustache twirler. But I I like that we already know that there's something going on and and he's involved with some shady people and it's not like a secret. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to play that game where, you know, I have to pretend, okay, this guy's the, you know, the the uncle and he's and he's sort of weird, but like he's he's, you know, on the side of good and everything. I I like that he sh- he showed his hand. Yeah. I uh I would say that had I not read Thor, this probably would have been my pick of the week. Mm-hmm. I really I I you you guys have know that I've talked about this before, like I'm sick of having superhero origins retold or or nitpicking, but 
there is a thing about this period of Batman where there yeah. is a hole yes. in between year one and whatever else that you can tell stories in that's interesting. And I find that era I, – I am you – know, we've talked recently about how now that Damien is, is dead, it's just grim let's, Batman. Let's, yeah. like, I like the idea of going back to a time where I don't know what he's like. I love I love seeing a Bruce Wayne who gives the finger to the Red Hood. Yeah, yeah I, I know everything about Batman now. Like, Batman doesn't do anything surprising anymore. But this Batman might do something surprising. And I, I find that uh, to be very interesting. I got to say, I really like the way that the first section, the six years ago, uh, was, was colored and produced. Yes. I wish they'd done the whole thing like that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That, uh, a lot of coloring. Yeah. I, I like that he's a loose candidate and I think it's reflected in the, the writing too, because I think it's a little looser. I, mm-hmm. I think he's a little, he's a little, you know, I love the voice on the red hood. I thought he had a great character voice and then his Bruce great is design. a loose cannon. On. So it's a little more fun. And, um, one thing you can tell is this isn't, this isn't death of the family, which was like a straight up horror story. Yeah. This right. is more like a, this is more like a summer blockbuster and the tone is completely different, which I like. You know, you don't want the same tone throughout the entire series. So the first story was like a thriller, the Cordell. The second story was like a horror story. This is more like an action adventure, you know, lethal weapon type thing, which I, I liked. Yeah, and you know, I, 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 also, I also really like the, the, the page, which, uh, uh, what do you love about the city, Bruce? And yes. seeing that seeing the manhole cover and uh, and then just seeing sort of just this montage of Bruce going sort of incognito throughout the city. I, I didn't even notice that on the it was him until until yeah. I, I went back. I was like, "Oh, that's him as a kid." Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a really interesting structure to this issue. It's it's very ambitious, and like I think I, I really do think you need to like read it. Like I mean, I enjoyed it the first time through, but going back, I appreciated it much more. Um, just all the you know the different timelines and um, all the different things going on. I mean, we got the Riddler and the Red Hood, and so I'm I'm excited to see where this. And again, I'm excited to get to that point where it's sort of. Uh, not steampunk Batman, but, you know. Six-gun gorilla. Um, I didn't know what this was going to be. I know that we ran a cover for it, a Ramon Perez cover for it, a yeah. while back. And I thought, well, they got Ramon Perez to do a cover. That can't be all bad. This is by uh, Cy Spurrier, and while I try to pull it up here. Um, Cy Spurrier. I forget the guy's name. The art is beautiful, though. This is what my point, though. Fantastic artist. This is, uh, it's almost like a... A war western story with a little bit of uh, uh, Starship Troopers going on. Uh, basically, Jeff Stokely. There you go. These, what is it? I see a gorilla. I see a gorilla holding six guns. Yeah, he doesn't show up a lot in the book. They 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 hold that back for a little bit. Um, that basically, there's these dudes who are in blue, and they have signed up to be the front line of this assault because they want to die. And so there's some sort of death benefit for them to get killed. It's a big world building thing that I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're you're sort of just hurled into it and yes. you don't even know where they're headed. And then they end up like you find out that they're on giant like tortoises. <laughs> and it's, it's it's just this this strange world and it's and it involves a lot. It's like um it's all about like like the the, the terrifying possibilities of a future where people live out their lives as, as reality stars in a war. And so yeah, that's what it, these blue guys are. They're, they're like, um, you find out as you go through the issue that there's, a, there's like a camera and, uh, or like they have a, like a thing implanted in their brain and people can feel the sensations that they're feeling 
It's sort of like, you know, that idea that in the future, you know, everyone has become so comfortable that they're just numb and they need to feel. So they go to these outrageous lengths to to feel anything. So they're so they 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 turn war into festivities, into and it an very event. quickly can sound like there's too much. And then you realize there's a gorilla with a gun and it can seem like. It, it basically, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it wasn't done really well, it wouldn't be any good. But it was really good, at least so far. And we don't know a ton yet. Um, no, and it's just, I, I just, I, I love the way that he parceled out information and how how big the world is, even in just this first issue. And I just, ha- I have this complete sense of different parts of this world, like going to see the people who are actually watching this and complaining that, oh, get on, get onto the fighting already. You know, and 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 then there's I don't. It's the the art is amazing. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's well colored. Like it's it's a it's a very total package kind of book that that for me came from out of nowhere. What uh, did you? I I know you sometimes take issue with dialogue that's very provincial, like the it, way it that it's, it's spelled the, out the, phonetically. The thing, yeah, it didn't bother me in this okay. sense. Uh, I mean, the thing with this is all of these elements, there's nothing here that's terribly unfamiliar, but it's put together in a way that's, that's uh, got a lot of craft to it and is, it feels like a unique thing when you, when you roll it all together. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it, but I was, I was really pleasantly surprised and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more of it. Well, when eventually it comes out in trade, you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon and pick it up. That's where you can go to do all your Amazon shopping. It leads you right to Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything. It does, all it does is help us out a little bit. It takes a little bit of money away from Amazon, which, let's face it, they've got a lot of it. It gives us a few pennies, and it helps us out. So if you go there, click on the link. It takes you to Amazon. For the, you know, uh, put it in your bookmark if you want to save, save you the trouble of going to fmo.com slash Amazon. But go there for all your shopping. It's not too early to do your holiday shopping. It may, it may just be the summertime, but get it done now, and then there's less stress. In that's the that's the only December. touchstone you have for shopping <laughs> is that it has to be for a holiday. It will, you know. Listen, people always complain come November, December about holiday shopping stress. Just Here's get it I'm done saying. in June. You get need, it done in you're, June. You're gonna need Fourth of July supplies. That's not true. not long after that, you're gonna need you're gonna need stuff for your uh, uh, Labor Day ministrations. Um, I was gonna say after Fourth of July, you might need things to help you pick up items after you pull your fingers off. Sure enough, you're gonna have to get one of those claw things. Yeah, or a helper monkey. I don't know if they sell those on Amazon, but. <laughs> We were just talking about gorillas. You can get one without. Uh, you probably get one through the marketplace. Without fire. There's it, al- almost no way. Let's see. Help a monkey. <laughs> they probably like there's ship it inside no a, a soccer ball, like that episode of uh, Law and Order SVU. Well, there, there's a, there's a book about helper monkeys. Well, then uh, you could learn, you know, because it's always a good idea if you're going to bring an animal to the, the house to learn there, about it, it beforehand. There's the eponymous 2008 CD Helper Monkeys by Helper Monkeys. Uh, so there you go. Goodnight.com slash Amazon for all your shopping. We really do appreciate it. It helps the site tremendously and keeps the lights on. Various sport-themed sock monkeys. <laughs> all right. So over at IDW, a new book called Joe Hill's Thumbprint Number 1. I don't know. Now, I'm usually up on all things Joe Hill. I don't know why this is associated with Joe Hill. Um, previous did things that previous things that he did no he didn't write it that's the thing this is written by Jason Chiara uh, Melia Sierra Mella Sierra Mella okay sorry uh, art by Vic Malhotra 
Um, sorry, it's like written in blood in the, in the credits. So, um, yeah. So uh, there's been other books like The Cape that Joe Hill wrote. Like he wrote the original short story um, in an anthology and then they made a comic based on that. I don't remember this being one of his short stories. I could be wrong. Though. But anyways, uh, this is a it's it, this is very much I think you guys might might want to check this out. This is um, it's it's got very much a Greg Rucka kind of vibe to it. It's uh, and part part of that is because it's about a female soldier in you know a very real world situation, and um, but the art also has a bit of a like a you know a Gabriel Hardman or a, like a Stumptown kind of vibe to it, and um, I I was pleasantly surprised. Um, not so pleasant were some of the themes. Uh, this is a female soldier who was at uh, Abu Ghraib, and um, was not in one of the the notorious photos except for her foot was mm. crept into the corner of one of them. Did um, this so book her call, boot. be called toe print? Um, I'm getting to the, to the thumbprint part. She I comes see. home and everyone knows that she was somehow involved in this Abu Ghraib thing, but she wasn't, there wasn't enough evidence on her to prosecute her or, or to get her heavily involved in that. Anyway, she's, she's working as a, as a bartender and she comes home one day and she finds a letter in the mail and it just has this red thumbprint on it. And, she starts getting paranoid and is like, okay, someone knows, someone knows what I was up to. And we find out it wasn't just that she was there. It wasn't just that she was maybe, um, you know, ushered into the, the side of one of the photos and, and had her foot on somebody's head. She was also a torturer. And that's when the comic gets really uncomfortable to read because she's using some really inflammatory language. And, uh, it gets, it gets very, very gruesome. And, um, I'm kind of, you know, there's the question of do you have to like a protagonist or do you even have to yeah. relate to a protagonist to no, get into something? You shouldn't, you shouldn't really dislike them. Oh. Right. Well, you know, so, th so this is sort of pushing the boundaries of that. And so I can understand if someone's like, I can't watch Mad Men anymore. These people are horrible. But I find it interesting because of the psychology. People are awesome. <laughs> Don really, Don's really starting to push me. Have you seen Don in a suit? Yeah, no, I He's handsome. No, he is. He still isn't at Ken Cosgrove levels. I, we, awful, listen, though. we're on uh, we're on a verge of really going off topic here because I know we all want we're all feeling it right now. Right. So but we got to move on to this other strange title. Yeah, uh, uh, Breath of Bones, a tale of the Golem. Number one is another war story from Dark Horse. This one's by Steve Niles uh, and Matt Santoro. Uh, script by Steve Niles, art by Dave Wachter, and it's a, a black and white. Um, World War II story, and it's this young soldier who um, finds himself with a little golem who looks like a little gingerbread man, in at least in this part of the story. But if you get a look at the cover, he becomes big and scary. And I've always found the golem very interesting, going back to like Cavalier and Clay, my favorite novel. And it's just a very, I, I remember. I read that whole book having no idea what one was, what until, a golem I read, was yeah. until I read Hellboy later. I, I actually, like, oh. yeah, I actually, I picked up a book um, when I was in grade school. It was in our school library and there was, I, I, I thought it was a very fascinating idea. And um, this is the, you know, a very traditional golem, not like a D&D &D golem. So, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a very cool war story. It's, you know, this, this kid, really surprising that they put out a black and white book like this. Yeah, and uh, this kid um, basically is being raised by his grandparents while his his father is away at the, in the war, and um, this this uh, this good guy crashes in his biplane, and they're like, you know, we need to, can we help him, or this is going to draw the attention of the enemy, and we need to get out of here, and we can't be involved in this. 
and um, Granddad gives the boy uh, a little gingerbread-sized like golem, and uh, this is going to be their coming of age together. And uh, if you like war stories, if you like a little bit of horror, um, this is for you. Connor, you you had selected that we do both Wolverine books that came out this week, and I'm 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 very curious of your temperature on them. I didn't know you were still reading Savage Wolverine. I wasn't. Uh, I picked it up because Joe Maduera doing, was doing the art, and Zeb Wells is the writing, and I like Zeb Wells, and I I enjoy Joe, Joe Maduera's art on uh, on this Avenging Spider Man book, so I picked this up, and I basically figured out what it was about this book that I didn't get the first time, which is basically this is Avenging Spider Man, but with Wolverine. Right, so it's sort of out of sort of out of continuity, fun little team up stories. And I was, while I was utterly bored by the first issue, um, this was tons of fun. I mean, this Zeb Wells is is a, is a you know sort of the fun breezy writer, does big action well, and Joe Medwer's art looked great. Um, I love the way that he drew sort of a uh, lumbering Wolverine, not in a giant way, but he looked sort of like a cat the way he moved around the, the pages. And he used to draw Wolverine when he did X Men a long time ago. But uh, oh yeah, this was a great story. This was a really fun little team. It's part one of this team up with Spider Man and Elektra. Um, facing off against the hand and Kingpin and, Bulls- and Lady Bullseye, but really, really, really fun. I really enjoyed this quite a bit. Now, I caught up on Wolverine. I read the first one and then kind of forgot uh, about it a little bit. Uh, but this is Paul Cornell and uh, Alan Davis on Wolverine, and the, and the fourth one was out this week. I like this as kind of like British Wolverine. He's a little... <laughs> He's Brit- How is he British? You I know? don't know if I know too much. No, but I mean, like he he. There's been there's been a regular usage of Britishisms, like for instance, when he calls the assistant a PA in this one. I note that I noted. That. Um, there's but that's been happening with with regularity, and just just the just the way that Alan Davis kind of draws everybody kind of British anyway. He draws, um, he draws them British. What does that mean? It's just the 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 faces and hairstyles are just not early American, and it's hard to say. Well, this has been a lot of a lot of time around. Brits. Wolverine is Canadian, but he's always right. written as like some southerner. I don't mean Wolverine because he's wearing a mask most of the time, but I mean the people around him. Um, uh, it's just it's just interesting. It's it's like just that they're always like, cool, blimey. Now I want to read yeah. Lane Price, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Out of the way. Uh, I, I think it's fun, though. I, I, th- I think that the, the kind of bizarre tone works for it. It is It is odd. It feels very, it, I don't know, it seems a little out of place with the stuff that Marvel's doing right now. That's not a criticism. It just it's different. Do you like the idea like of Wolverine that. losing his healing factor? That's coming, move. right? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. That's next. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I I st- I don't have a handle on it yet. I'll be honest. It, I don't quite. I don't. I don't quite get it. I mean, I get what the whole thing is about. I like the conflict that's going on where he can't kill the people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because they made they're just being taken over. But yeah, no, I, I think it's fun. Well, all right. Uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy number three. Uh, very quickly, lots of politics. Uh, space opera with a lot of different alien groups. And, uh, and Star-Lord trying to stick it to his dad, who's a bad guy. Very mean. I, I started to read this. Yeah. I like, got about three pages. No, I don't care. Yeah. And I just stopped. I don't I like just... the way Steve McNiven draws woodland creatures. Like raccoons. I don't know. I, uh, who do you like? Who, who do you like that does draw them? Who do I, I like that does draw? That's a good question, actually. Nobody. I don't know. David who draws Peterson. Good look, good look. I just, you know what? It, like that. That that's a that's a that's a good point because reading the the DNA stuff, which was my first, and I think a lot of people that was their first uh, yep. experience with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, uh, the story carried me through, and I, it didn't matter that that didn't look anything like a Raccoon. Um, 
looks okay in Nova. Um, the, but anyways. the story and the characters really did a lot for that stuff, and and I just I, like the rug was yanked out from under that, and as a result, like I just can't seem to bring myself to care about this version of it. Yeah, I I, I really do miss DNA uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because it just it was just weirder than weird. I mean, there were spaceships powered by like the prayers of weird cults. Mm-hmm. It was like weirder than the weirdest Doctor Who episode you've ever seen. So, it like and it, and it had that British sensibility. And uh, so I, I really like that. With this, it just it just feels like you know space opera and um, not and kind of vanilla space opera. And I don't I I don't uh, I don't know why Tony needs to be there. I it just it, it I for the movie. Well, yeah, it's just it, but it just it's it's kind of frustrating as a Guardians of the Galaxy fan that they feel like they need to have Iron Man in in this book. It's oh. well, it's like putting Batman in a team book or Wolverine. They did. This. I know why they but do don't it. Buy them. But I does know. Iron Man have that effect? No, but that, that's purely for the movie. Right. Yeah. That, they're, they're hoping to get him into that Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if he has Groot's voice down. Well, yeah. I mean, like when he said Groot. Yeah. The, the, just the emphasis was on the wrong <laughs> part of it. And um, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, it felt like he was writing Hodor sometimes. Hodor. So, uh, yeah. Odo. Those are the books of the Odo. week. You can go to fanboy.com slash comics and you can uh, make your pull list. You can rate and review books. You can also choose your own picks of the week. And normally we like to run down the top five picks of the week as chosen by the audience. But at this very moment of the show, we are experiencing a caching issue on the website. And uh, <laughs> that's how we roll around here. A caching issue. There's an issue with the cache the, and it's not showing up the numbers. The database is not displaying the numbers correctly. It's a petty caching uh, issue. So I know that the last time I looked when it was working, Thor got a Thunder had around 47%, and it was the number one book by, by a wide margin. I remember Batman was in there. Superman were you supposed there. to believe you? Yeah. Okay. He's a, he's, a, he's a figure of authority. I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount what he said. I'm the numbers guy. It's true. I think but listen, American- this is your perfect excuse to go to ifamo.com slash comics, and then you can sort them however you'd like. And Theoretically, yeah. our... By the time you hear this show, the numbers will be back, but it just so happens at this very moment... Uh, we're experiencing a database issue. So there you go. That happens. This is a real-world thing. So while you're there, you go to fanboy.com slash comics. You can also write a user review for those week's books. And if they're good, we get to like to talk about them on the show. The first review, Paul, do you want to read from me? Escargot for Lunch writes of the true lives of the fabulous Killjoys, number one. Story, five out of five. Art, five out of five. Pick of the week percentage, 1.5%. Maybe? That's, possibly? That's not even. Okay, not even? not even? All right. Killjoys is a delightful cavity. It's sugar-soaked, color-coded, vibrant entertainment at its best. Okay, I, this person's never had a cavity. <laughs> Nothing delightful about them. I'm remembering this reviewer, though, because... Uh, Searing pain. Very interesting prose, and I appreciate it. I'm really digging the amount of high-concept science fiction tales that are being told right now in comics. It's a department in which the industry is completely trumping Hollywood. No wonder the stream of big-screen adaptations at the moment. If you're a fan of Umbrella Academy and are looking for something to satisfy that sweet tooth or even just a casual comic reader in search of something new, uh, then look no farther. While sometimes poetically overindulgent... This first issue is a great start to what's shaping up to be a memorable miniseries. All right. That's uh, Gerard Way's book. I wish that I had liked it as much. Yeah, I I always want to like the Gerard Way books. I mean, I'm I'm one of those people, I think Umbrella Academy, especially the second volume, just sailed over my head. I mean, I was was into it. I was just like, I I, I don't get it. I don't. I I liked it, but I'm not like it was good. I think that that had a lot to do. Uh, with Ba and Moon at the same time, and I didn't really get into the art of mm. this from 
very much. Oh, okay. And it felt like uh, it's it felt f- like a book I didn't want to read. Uh, for me, Becky more Becky Cloonan is always a good thing. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't like it was bad. I just it wasn't my thing. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, history guy uh, talking about Manhattan Projects number twelve, not two. Uh, Jesus man gave this. That's the hey. Listen, we've been relatively. Look at know, the very next thing in the script. What? We're talking about Amazon again. This is just yeah. No, I want to really hammer it home. Uh, Josh, you are on thin ice. Uh, that's fine. Talk to Carol. We have a cash problem. Uh, <laughs> history guy set up Manhattan Projects number twelve, giving the story a five out of five, and the art of five out of five. Pick of the percent, pick of the week percentages. Who the hell knows? There are there are. There's no crazier comic out there than Manhattan Projects. When you can have Enrico Fermi revealed as an alien double agent intent on human demosi- de- genocide. Leica, the space dog, hauling a machine gun, and Albert Einstein using a chainsaw against a handcuffed prisoner, you know you've got some surreal stuff going on. This issue examined the genocide of the sea by the Manhattan Project staff for many months back. It's a great bit of awesome callbacks and character beats. My favorite book being published must be read, must be read to be believed. Is that historically accurate? I think all of those things happen. Two was, things. Was, I like Leica getting, you know, like a second chance at life. Because um, that 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 was a sad story. That that's a graphic novel. That that was very depressing. That was that wasn't the way to end that. Um, and then Albert Einstein making a strong case for uh, most badass dude in comics and in science. He's up there. He's up there. He's definitely up there. It's a good book. Well, you, if you want to write a review, you go to fm.com slash comics. You can go write, uh, make your pull list, write and review your books, and then good ones will get on the show. Or or ones mostly about books we want to talk about. It's really not primary qualification now let, since we don't have any user views to talk about or since we don't have any pick numbers to talk about let's do some audience questions first call asking about coming back hey guys this is logan from south carolina um just calling because uh, i'm now starting to get that itch to get back into comics i've been out for maybe about three four months um so i mean how how does one get back into comics once they uh once they're out of it you know uh, I was really into Daredevil when I got out. Uh, really into Batman. So, so should I just pick up where I from now, or should I go back and get the comics in between? Um, any advice would be kind of helpful because I'm just kind of don't know where to start. Uh, appreciate it. Bye. You know, I was all like, "All right, we have a standard to do. three months." I I was expecting three to four years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to tell him. Well. Normally, the thing is that this is where this is why we're here. Normally, my standard answer is just start picking up the books that you think you might be interested in. Let it happen and go from there. But three months. Listen, you want to go back and get the last three, four issues of Daredevil and Batman? I, you know, that's twelve bucks. It's not that hard. No, it isn't. It isn't. It's like missing one episode of a TV show. What do I do? Yeah. Go back and watch it. Not a lot happens in those issues. Now, at the same time, if you don't want to. Batman Year Zero just started. Yep. Doesn't depend on any of that stuff. You can go get it. Uh, you know, the, here's the thing is that comics are written now. Uh, I mean, they always were in a way, but they're still not so convoluted that you you can't sort of get going. I, Plus I don't Marvel know. books have the recap pages. Yeah. I mean, like, you'll, you'll and then it's so easy. And I mean, di- if you're talking digitally, it's so easy to get those issues. Or if you have a shop near you that, that has them, they're probably cheap. You well, know? you can do it. Look, if you if you collected twenty five titles, and you don't want to go back and get and get you know seventy five issues you missed. Use this as an opportunity to pick the ones, the three or four books you really liked, 
and go back and get those. Go back and get the Thor issues or Daredevil or Batman or whatever you like. You're going to take an hour and you'll be caught up. And I'd say if you're on the fence about any of them, pick up the latest one. And then if you're curious about what happened before, then go pick it up. Now, that's normally what I, I can say, you know, what I'd say to people. You can go back to the beginning of an arc or whatever. And I think that we can all agree you should get Thor. You should. Yes. I mean, come on. It's, it's fine. I thought you were going to be out a long time. I know. I thought it was going to be one of these. Like, I've been gone for 20 years. What yeah. do I do? Like that one, you're, you're, you're just like, well, you're going to have to swim, dude. But this, this is not a problem. But guys, I was peeing during the commercial break. What did oh, I miss? Shh, quiet. It's on now. <laughs> you just have to pick it up from context. I think you can do it. All right, Josh. From- <laughs> he managed Josh- to not call the gay porno line. Which is- so- <laughs> Josh from Chicago writes and says, Hearing you talk about Avengers of Superman number one last week got me thinking about exclusive contracts. A few years ago, there was a lot more, a lot of news stories about how Marvel and DC were signing creators to exclusive contracts. Chris Samney seems like the kind of talent that both publishers would have signed to an exclusive contract, yet he's doing work at Marvel and DC. Have exclusive contracts gone out of style, or do we just not hear about them as often as these days? And rather than ask you who would you like to see at Marvel or DC, or vice versa, who do you think would not fit in at Marvel and DC? That's two completely separate uh, issues. Uh, yes, they've gone out of out of uh, style to a certain extent. For a little while, uh, a few years back, like that was the the news releases were always we've signed so and so an exclusive contract, and it, it got to be a little bit of an arms race. And I big think, arms race. And I think that I think there are still exclusive contracts, but I well, think, they definitely are. I think they just don't promote them. Like they don't promote days. them, but they're also a lot harder to come by because for a while it got to be. If an artist had sort of broken through, then it was a it was a race to see who could, who could nail them down first. And there is still a back room. Well, if you work for them, we can't say that happens. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's you're absolutely right in that it, it's gone away in terms of the public being a part of it or seeing it. What's the last um, noteworthy one that you can remember? I literally don't know. I know. I I remember. Oh, I see, it sort of ended when Marvel Marvel signed everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody went to everybody went to Marvel, right? And then DC had nobody left to to do it. All those guys have contracts at Marvel, and all those guys have re-upped their contracts. Marvel just doesn't promote it anymore. Okay, not yeah, you know, all those all those guys: oh. Aaron Bendis, Hickman, Fraction. Right. I mean, they they also all get. We don't want to get. They all have exemptions. They all they all, you know some of those but, guys will have image books and. But for a just, while, they don't like, talk about it. There were like mid-tier. I want to say yeoman artists, like guys, guys who we know who were signed to exclusives. And what that did was that gave them a guaranteed amount of work and it gave them a, a form of insurance and it made them employees in a certain way. And those guys are not getting exclusives like they used to. Right. Uh, you know, big names, big names will. You know, the writers, you know, Bendis is always going to be on an exclusive contract, but sort of a guy in the middle of the pack who's, who's sort of drawing your, your 30, 40,000 seller book. That guy doesn't get that anymore. So from a from a creator standpoint, it's actually a little harder to get along now. Oh, 40,000. That's like a top well, twenty book. I guess you're right. So I can't I can't keep up with the falling averages. Okay, so not a big two one, but uh, the last one I remember is Dysart at Valiant. Yeah, that that Valiant came in later and sort of signed up a bunch of guys like that. And uh, that, that that that's a big deal because they're you know the, I mean that that name's been around, but they're they're new in terms like, of like, what exists now. Like Top Cow signed up Jeremy Hahn. Right. You're our exclusive artist. Um, you know what he's good. And so that's that's newsworthy because it's like that's what, like the first time they could say that they've done that, and then yeah. also because it's not Marvel and DC, and it guarantees a level of consistency among their books. Yeah, 
it means that he's going to be the guy drawing the darkness, uh, you know, for, for, a, for a good long while. Um, yeah, but it was really interesting that that was the big thing for a while. And now, now it's, it's fallen out of favor, which I, which I think was, I think it's economics a, change. Yeah. Yes. There's, there's a lot of wasted money in those contracts. I was going to say it's good, but it isn't for the artists necessarily because they, you know, they could feel a little bit of security for a bit. And I think that a lot of that security has gone from the wayside, uh, gone by the wayside. All right, we got a question from Paul. What? Where's wait? We had a, a voice, an email from Josh. A question, a question from Paul, and nothing from a guy named Connor. Guys, they're all fake. <laughs> we got a, we got a, we got a call taking us to task on something. Hey, I fanboy. This is Paul from Queens. Um, love the show. I just have to say, I need you guys to stop ragging on the Sentry so much. One, the Sentry fucked up Ultron when Ultron was like the wasp. Two, if he wants to fuck with you, he throws you into the sun, and that's awesome. Three, guy's got problems. Get off his back. He's great. He's not the greatest, but he definitely doesn't deserve to be ragged on as much as you guys rag on him. So take it down a notch. It's film. Bye. One, if you're Paul from Queens calling in, you must call yourself Polly. And two... Never. Well, when did he stumble on this cache of podcast from 2006? <laughs> we haven't talked about the century in a long time. There's no reason to. I think we mentioned him recently. Right. It's a thing. And I believe that, yeah, never. No. no you swear a lot, Paul, but you're from Queens. So I, that was actually fairly clean for Queens. Yeah. It's totally fine. My, th- my thing was back then when, you know, the period that he's talking about when this was a thing. It was it was kind of Marvel was ragging on the Sentry, like in the way that they wrote him and portrayed him. I, I got that sense. Like, like it was it, like Bendis daring us to be like, yeah, I'm still using him. What do you got? I thought it was a little bit. There was. I also had the. I, I had the suspicion that it was like their way of like you know putting a crown of thorns on Superman and like you know bashing him because he's their Superman, and like their and their way of saying Superman's lame. So I got I got that sense sometimes. It it, 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 there's definitely that, but there's also the idea that he didn't do all those things. He mostly just moped and cried. Right. And he was used, he was used as, as a device to, to, to do, to, I think it was a device to sort of tear down the, the competition's biggest hero. Um, I, I think it, what's interesting now is that we actually do have some perspective on it. It's been a little while. Uh, we can, we can look back and, and, and talk about sort of what it was that did or, or didn't work about it. And I, I mean, I think it all comes down at the end of the day. I, I never found the character interesting, and I always wanted him to not be in the book I was reading. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I, I had completely forgotten about his existence until they, they released that teaser image. Just like uh, in the original miniseries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was, it was like he was, he was such a non-factor in terms of anything I wanted to see. Right. And when he was gone, I was happy, and I sort of forgot about him. And then, you know. Yeah, and I think when, just, when he appeared and when they were using him, it was a distraction because I knew they were trying to promote him and figure him out. Um, some of them maybe jokingly, but then but then others being like like this is, we were I'm, I got the century story. This is the one where it's going to work, and I was distracted because I knew that it was their intention, it, and it didn't feel it, organic it, to me. As a story. It also felt like if okay if you watch the first season of The West Wing. I do. It becomes you are not a te- you are not a good test case for this. Book. I just watched it recently. Uh, it becomes glaringly obvious that Mandy does not belong there. <laughs> oh God! Like she, it's she's just like everyone's going one way, and and she's just this voice that doesn't doesn't fit. 
And that is what the the sentry felt like to me. It just yeah, he just fit. never fit. And and the the place that he fit best, the the the, the only place where there was ever anything was at least the, the first miniseries that, that Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee did because at least it was an interesting experiment. Mm-hmm. It was like they were going to try to do this kind of interesting story where they were going to fit this piece in that didn't – and it, it didn't catch then. And then they just kept trying to do it. And I think, I think at some point they were in on the joke because the, the amount of times he, he did run off crying. We did, a, we did a whole top five article about it. I mean, there, there, there can't not be a joke, you know? It's sort of, Yeah. But I think like when they came back around and they had Paul Jenkins then write his sort of eulogy issue, Ridiculous which is eulogy. which is the worst issue we've maybe ever reviewed on the show. Like I don't think he was in on the joke. I think no, I don't think he was. But I think people, I think people who were writing was. and I, and and I think the eulogy issue really hammered it home in that they tried to make him much more important than to yeah. the story ever ever was. But no, and, guys, look. Yeah. We're and and the thing is. Uh, there's a larger issue. I don't feel like the Marvel universe is a place for a Superman. Mm-hmm. Those, those characters don't ever tend to fit. When you have Thor fills that power vacuum to a certain extent, but for whatever reason, it's not set up in a way. It's an ensemble cast and Superman tends to be the lead. I mean, we're going to have to I'd be interested to see what happens with, um, and Maybe interested is the wrong word. Um, with uh, with Mighty <laughs> Avengers coming up with uh, Adam the Blue Marvel, which is like sort of like a, you know not as much as the Sentry, but sort of a Superman character, and um, see what happens with that, and maybe they can balance that out. Um, but I but I tend to agree with you. It's like capes don't make sense in Marvel. I I honestly and all like that goes I, with them. I get that there are people who enjoy that character, and I but I just for the life of me, I, I don't understand why because there was there wasn't anything compelling. About him, I didn't. I just wanted him to not be there, and mm-hmm. and it's it, you know it's 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 fun to make those jokes and everything. But I, I really, I sometimes wonder. Oh, this is gonna come off. I sometimes wonder if the people are just trying to like him to be sort of iconoclastic because it's not the cool thing to do. But if you do, if you relate to his weird, I can't, I couldn't even explain to you his weird. Like he's got he's Bob, but there's the the is it the darkness or the void? void? The void, right? That talks to him, but that's also Bob, but it's also got the power of the sons, but his his wife and the thing. And then Thor slept with his wife, right? Sure. Yeah. That was awesome. Then he slept then he slept with the rogue. It was all a thing. Then there was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good about it. I don't know. The dog sounds kind of The dog was kind of awesome. Yeah. The dog at the funeral. Remember the dog walked away sad? Oh right. And then the little robot thing too. Yeah. God does it. God. Awful. If you have any questions, you can call <laughs> right into contact at fanboy.com or call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Uh, any questions or comments or discussion topics to get on the show, that's how you do it. We also have other podcasts this weekend, as we mentioned before. Saw the release of Man of Steel, the new Superman film from Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan. And me and Mike Romo and special guest star Josh Flanagan got you know together what? to you talk about it. You go straight to hell. Um, <laughs> talk about the movie so you can check that out on your podcast feed behind this show or on the ifanboy.com website you can stream it there uh, we in the car discussion. for that one too? in the oh, car yeah. for that one too right. um, in the car for hours <laughs> you just won't leave uh, good show talking for about 40, 45 minutes about the movie and uh, very interesting opinions on that one so check that out uh, in the mean- and in the meantime Paul what else can they listen to coming up 
Uh, coming up soon, Book Explodes. Uh, I believe it's going to be uh, me, Connor, and Mike talking about Superman Birthright. Um, by the, the book by the, that is loosely the loosely the inspiration for the movie. Loosely. I defy you to not talk about the movie when you do that. Oh no, we plan on it. That, that's that's the whole thing. The that's why yeah. we wanted to do it after, so we could. So yeah, so that's that. That's a good point, actually. Make sure you've seen the movie before you, or if you don't care about what happens in the movie, or um, if you, you don't listen, listen, or if you don't normally listen to Book Explodes. This one will probably veer back into the movie territory. We can, it won't. It'll be pretty impossible not to. So, uh, my, it's kind of like part two. What do you mean? Don't usually two. listen to books. Explodes. Everybody. Should I'm listen just to saying. Every, I'm, everyone should, but it's a good you know, starter. Book explodes. I see the numbers. Special edition podcasts do better than the book explodes. I'm not whoa. saying they're better. Whoa. Whoa. Contest. Whoa. 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 <laughs> it's all about popularity with him. Listen, if if perhaps you 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 would like to see a different viewpoint than the podcast we did on Man of Steel. Maybe you could read Paul's review on Ren of Steel and, and know that there are, there, are, there are differences, and we embrace those, except for the Sentry. Yeah. Where would they find that, Josh? They would find that at ifanboy.com, where you can also read my Pick of the Week review, and you can read Connor's Book of the Month review, uh, and, and uh, that's about, there's a lot of Superman there right now, basically. Superman, Secret Identity. And Josh, have you been doing this show with the engine on? Uh... Who is Josh? <laughs> Lane Price now. He wasn't trying to kill In the meantime, so. like I said two seconds ago, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS-226-2697. I have not been sucking down exhaust fumes for the last hour. Yeah, I didn't get to finish. You go to Twitter and the Facebook. I bet you, you know what, though? This week, you find them yourself. <laughs> if you dig there's us, your, if you dig challenge. us, write us a review on iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to podcast. Spread the fanboy word. Um, and I challenge you in your review to uh, to include the words Horcrux and Midichlorians in the same sentence, like I did in the Man of Steel review. <laughs> Horcrux. Horcrux. I feel like there's a I feel like there's a generational thing where like uh, okay, people below a certain age when they hear the word Horcrux, they all know what it is immediately. But above, I'm like, why do I know that word? What is that? I, thing, I had to look up if it was capitalized. It is. Yeah. Because I did it lowercase and I was like, that doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. Midichlorians can be hyphenated or not. I don't think that's true. I, that's not, I, I don't that's I think, word I recognize. Actually, hyphenated, I think, is supposed <laughs> to emphasize the way it's spoken. Midichlorians. Connor puts, Connor puts midichlorians in what he likes to call the Kyle Rayner closet. <laughs> it's in there with Die Hard Anything after with the Sam Jackson one. Yeah. I refuse to acknowledge they exist. <laughs> even talking about it right now is about the farthest you've ever come. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I have been sucking down exhaustion fumes. <laughs> exhaustion fumes. Those are the fumes you get after you go to a midnight movie and then record a podcast at 9 o'clock in the morning. I think, oh, I think whenever we do thing. a special edition movie podcast, we should oh, each do God. it from a different car and then call it a drive-in <laughs> show. Ooh. I'm in my own passenger seat, and I got to tell you, it's getting pretty warm in here, <laughs> and it's I, it's a cool day out. I also don't think I could get my Wi-Fi from the park, my parking spot. Well, that was the big question. Uh, I good to know you can. Also, I have the laptop on my lap, so that's also warm. I'm just I, what I'm doing is I'm practicing for the. You know, you decided you, de- you decided no more kids for me. Just laptop on the balls. Yep, that was completely unintentional. That's right. <laughs> Well, <laughs> this was fun. Until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I am. Hold on, don't, don't say it. I got this. Ah,
You are listening to the iFanboy Piccoli Podcast by Three Hipsters. Dead in a car. Josh! 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 <laughs> Aging hipster found dead in a car in his garage. I tried to kill myself. I was podcasting! <laughs> you accidentally fall on the laptop to... and porn opens up. Should I not have the engine running? <laughs> Gun to gun boats.